body. Welcome to Aetherius Radio Live, the hour of truth with Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Body, Mind, Spirit Radio. Today is June 17, 2014, and you are listening to A Serious Radio Live, which comes to you every third Tuesday at 1 p.m. Today, Richard will not be joining us, but Chrissy has a wonderful guest, Brian Kinney, International Director of the Ethereum Society and Executive Secretary in America. So without further ado, I give you Chrissy and Brian. Thank you so much, Courtney. Hi there, Brian. Hi, Chrissy. Good to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you as a guest. We need to change that lead, on, lead in today. But anyway, um, here you are, and it's, uh, we have people listening from around the world, so it's wonderful that we have you on the show. And another thing I wanted to add about Brian is that he was also a very close, and I would say is a very close disciple of the founder of the society, that wonderful spiritual master, Dr. George King. And later on, um, he's going to share some very personal and very important aspects that he learned directly from Dr. King about the earth, which is the topic today. I know in the last few months we have been talking about the nine freedoms, uh, but today we're going to do a very special show about the earth. Um, And Brian will also explain later why we're doing that at the moment So we're very privileged to have Brian on the show, and I think everyone would agree, every listener probably would agree, that the Earth, the Mother Earth, is a sacred living being, a great intelligence. Now, this isn't the world view, the current world view, but it's something that's very much uh, a truth, something that's taught within the Aetherius Society, something we believe, and I know many people in the New Age movement have this belief. Um, But we're going to begin this show by talking about how humanity as a whole has become disassociated from the earth and the problems involved with that. And Brian also is going to offer some solutions about how this can turn around and uh, some very, very positive ways. So, Brian, let's um, begin with the bad news, shall we? (laughs) Well, I think everybody knows um, on Earth, most people spend much of their time dealing with the materialistic problems uh, facing them, uh, you know, making money, um, uh, having a family, making ends meet, um, clothes, cars, uh, just dealing with, with, with the general life. Um, but unfortunately, once, once people get to the point of, of covering the basics, they don't really stop there. They they try and they want to increase because the only only way that we've been taught virtually um, well not that's not quite true but the way that most people choose to um, to live is to increase their material uh, wealth. That that's kind of what people feel is the purpose of life almost. And this is just diametrically opposed to why we are on Earth. We're here to evolve spiritually. And so since we're kind of caught in this, this, uh, this dead end of uh, ignoring the fact of why we're here and the, uh, makes it more difficult to understand who the Mother Earth is, we're just going this just completely wrong direction, which has dire consequences on Earth, which I think everyone can see the problems that we, we have all around us. 
Yeah, that's a, a very important point because we do have to deal with the material things. But I think, as Brian said, you know, there's been such a shift in the worldview towards one of sort of burgeoning materialism that we've come to regard the earth almost as a resource for us, which is so um, far from the truth. And we have, I mean, she will provide us with everything we need if we have a different kind of consciousness. But we've regarded her in a sort of a cold way as a kind of a lifeless rock which will supply us with everything we need and we just take what we want. And with kind of like microbes on the body of this wonderful intelligence. And uh, I think the indigenous cultures had a much better, have a much better understanding of how to approach the earth. Would you agree, Brian? Oh, I agree. They they they're very very tend to be very very appreciative of the Mother Earth and of course the sun and the sky and and the galaxy and whatnot. But especially the Mother Earth and and they have a great uh, reverence uh, for it and they 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 try very hard not to waste anything that is given them and they show great appreciation. And that's that's these are some of the points that we've completely forgotten uh, in modern society. Exactly. I mean, we very, very sadly, we had to have a, a, a dying tree uh, cut down in our backyard, and it was very, very upsetting for me. And I remembered some indigenous rituals that performed, and I went out there and, um, you know, spoke to the diva of the tree and to the tree and sort of apologized and, and so forth. And I think we need to, you know, regard everything, the fruits of the earth, and especially the earth herself, as as sacred, as, as alive. And then once we sort of regain this relationship, this right relationship, then eventually and gradually things will, uh, the problems will be solved. But there are a lot of problems. So I, I thought maybe we could look at those, and especially you, Brian, because Brian is based in at the um, American headquarters of the Etheria Society. He is the executive secretary there. And this is in Los Angeles, California. And I know that you're experiencing some major problems with water. Is, it, is that correct? Well, that, that, that's a, an interesting question. You know, we've been told uh, that we're in a really bad drought situation in California. But, you know, there's, there's absolutely no consequence uh, to anyone right now, which is odd. On the one hand, we're, we're, they're, being, they're telling us that this is this horrendous drought situation, but you, you can still water the lawn whenever you want, wash your cars. Um, uh, everything is exactly the same as, as you know, 10 years ago or five years ago, uh, which is kind of odd. I, I remember when I was here about 25 years ago or whatever, we had a serious drought, and there were uh, you know, rules in place, regulations where you couldn't water on um, the daytime and you couldn't wash your car, um, all these kinds of things. But <laughs> for some reason, that hasn't happened at all this time. It's very odd. That really makes sense. And I was also watching a TV program about Las Vegas, and apparently the people there insist on not just having a, a kind of a, a desert type of yard, but they want it to have a, a green lawn, you know, which is which means lots and lots of water. Um, so Although, you know, I have to say, I, I learned um, an interesting thing that there, there's, a, there's a, a woman who's in charge of the water system in, in, in Las Vegas, and they have, they're leading the world in water, water conservation. Uh, really? Which is, yeah, and they've, I think they've nearly doubled in population in the last 
certain number of years, maybe 10 or 15 years, and yet they use the same amount of water as they did 10 years ago through extraordinary wow. measures. Uh, it's, it's, it's really is, it's, it's, it's groundbreaking what they're doing in, in Las Vegas. Well, that's fantastic news because I did read in um, Ecological Magazine that, I don't know if it's true, but the average American uses 150 gallons of water every day, and Jeez. those you know, in developing countries find it very hard to find five gallons. Yeah, and um, yeah. you know, I think there's over a billion people on Earth who just don't have access to, to clean water. So you know, the water, I wondered if you might talk a little bit, Brian, from a, a spiritual perspective of the oceans of the world, the water systems. Well, we've been told that... Um the oceans of the world are the most spiritual uh, aspect of the of the mother earth and it's just one of what it's it's one aspect of her that uh, signifies her her psychic um ability it uh, it signifies her uh you know the fact that she is a female entity um and it's it's a very important part metaphysically of uh, the earth that we live on if you look at the other planets in our solar system uh there's Precious little water uh, compared to the amount of water on Earth, and it's you know something that you know, we tend to take for granted on Earth because you know this is all we ever ever see and experience. But water is a very very important aspect, and of course metaphysically and and, and magically, uh, water is one of the five elements, and so water is, is very very important indeed. Exactly. I, oh, can you explain what you meant by? Um, the female aspect of the earth to, to the listeners well we believe that um, uh, the earth is, is a female entity um, it doesn't mean uh, you know obviously the entity has gone way beyond any kind of sex like uh, we know on earth and an entity like that uh, of that uh, degree of, ele- of evolution could choose to be either a male or a female or, or neither, um, but she's chosen uh, in this particular uh, point in her evolution to manifest the, the the female aspect, which is very it's a very loving, uh, compassionate, nurturing um, side of life, and uh, probably that's one of the big reasons why uh, mankind that is kind of on the backward side of uh, the galaxy certainly uh, has. Well, we should consider ourselves very blessed to be mm. on a, a planet which is this um, loving and nurturing as the Mother Earth is. Yeah, yeah I, was, I was thinking, Brian, that you know, when we're kids growing up, we sort of take our mother and our parents for granted. And as we get older, we, for the most part, we have um, good relationships. We totally begin to appreciate all they've done for us. And I was thinking that humanity is kind of like children on the Earth, and we need to start to really appreciate everything that she does for us and uh, we do absolutely and i think i think that's i think that's that will be a big change almost that will almost start to signify um a change on the planet earth and uh and we will get into that later on with operation sunbeam but but i'm getting ahead of myself um, well, I, I brought it up, so it's my fault. <laughs> but talking, going back to the water, because the, the oceans of the Earth are so beautiful, aren't they, when we see these pictures of the Earth from space, how fortunate we are. And, of course, we know we don't even want to think about the pollution, massive pollution. And one of them, again, I was reading from ecological magazines and have read on and off, 
is that bottled water, these plastic bottles that we love to drink all the time, is such a blight. And I've got a couple of statistics here. Apparently, number one, I don't know if this is true, but I've read it a number of times, and you may know, Brian, that 40% of bottled water is tap water, basically, for a start, hmm. uh, and often has I've more contaminants than, than tap water. Um, uh, the awful thing is that the estimate is that the United Nations could, um, from this estimate from the United Nations, that it could clean up the oceans and provide, um, well, not clean up the ocean, but provide clean drinking water to everyone on the planet for $30 billion, which sounds like a lot of money. But on the other hand, we spend apparently three times that amount on bottled water, $90 million a year on bottled water. Yeah. It is crazy. When you think about um, what we do with our water, we, we, we fly bottled water all the way from Fiji uh, to, to America yeah. and other places. That, that's, that's just ma- Imagine the amount of oil, uh, which is a, a non-renewable resource that we are using to fly oh. water from, say, Fiji or New Zealand um, up to America or Europe. It, it's, it's just... It's crazy, absolutely crazy. And, and that really shows that we really don't appreciate uh, what the Mother Earth is giving us, nor do we appreciate um, the people around the world that, that are um, not able to have the resource that we do. You know, one thing's important that we should always remember is that, you know, there's not an unlimited amount of physical resource on Earth. And so... By definition, any resource that any of us use means that other people on the planet can't use that resource. And if we, if we use way more than we need, then that really is uh, exhibiting uh, a, a, very, uh, a certain amount of selfishness. And we yeah. really should keep that in mind. That's a very good point, point, Brian. And perhaps one thing we can all and probably we're all guilty of it to a certain extent, is to stop using bottled water so much. One thing we can all do, very, very simple. That's right. Um, but I think it's a, a consequence of, as you say, Brian, it's because we have, we're thoughtless in our approach. We don't think about these things, and it's good to be focusing on them now. Well, yeah, the, pro- the problem is that um, because our, our world and our politicians and whatnot are so material-oriented and so economic-oriented, that for... Um, a lot of the politicians and whatnot, it's good for us to buy bottled water. They want to almost right. encourage us to buy bottled water because that kind of feeds money into the system and, and you know, it keeps the, econ- the current economic system going, which, of course, is a, an absolute mess. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it often boils down to materialistic society. But, you know, we don't have to be drawn in as much as we are. No. And um, certainly in the next part of the show, it's going to be very, very um, – the show there's three segments in the show. The second part is going to be very, very interesting, and Brian is going to share some fascinating information about something very, very positive that is happening on this planet um, at this very moment in our lifetime that uh, is bringing about a great change. And in the last part, he's going to talk more about the – what is means by the sacred nature of Earth. But in this part, we're just um, talking about, for those who just tuned in, about all the problems, some of the problems, and there are many more. Probably, Brian, you know more on the West Coast than we do here in 
uh, in Michigan, where this radio station is based, about the effects from the Fukushima uh, disaster, which apparently is is still continuing. Is that is that true? Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a mess there as well. Of course, there's a constant flow of contaminated um, water going into the ocean, and although you know, it depends on who you talk to. Um, you can, you everyone agrees that you can detect the radiation from Fukushima on the west coast here. There's there's no question about that. People do vary on how dangerous that level is, um, but you, know, you you could also say that. Radiation is accumulative uh, pollution, so it's not just a matter of if it's low level, that's okay. Low level means that it does build up uh, the more you the more you take in it. It doesn't go away once it, once it goes in your body. It doesn't go away for like a hundred thousand years, kind of a thing. So it is, there's a definite um, uh, aspect of of that, and hopefully, people will start to realize more and more that you know there are serious. Uh, ec- uh, economic and ecological issues with um, r- radiation and with nuclear power, and I think that's 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 the one the one side benefit of Fukushima is it came right. at a time right. when when actually even even some uh, very liberal uh, organizations were starting to come around and pushing for nuclear power, believe it or not, because they mm-hmm. felt it was a lesser of two evils than uh, burning up coal and whatnot and causing um, uh, air pollution. But I think that it came at the right time to really stop a lot of this this kind of odd push towards nuclear power that was just starting a few years ago. Well, that, that's a very, very interesting point that you made there. I think, Brian... Um, should we have a break now, and then we'll get into the, the meat of this show after the break? And uh, what do you think? Is it a good time? Sure, yeah. Okay, so I'm uh, handing over to, to Courtney, who's going to make some announcements about some fantastically interesting things that are taking place in the Ethereum Society around the world. So let's take a break. <laughs> Thank you, Chrissy. Um, please see org for a list of locations and events worldwide. Um, special events coming up include the Los Angeles headquarters. We'll be having an amazing boat trip over the psychic center of the Mother Earth off Dana Point on Sunday, July 13th as part of our 50th anniversary celebrations of the primary initiation of Earth. Please contact 465-9652 for further information. On Friday, June 20th, here in Michigan, Christy is running a set thing and celebration of the summer solstice. It is at 7.30 p.m., and it is at 3119 North Campbell Road, Royal Oak, Michigan, 48073, just south of 13 Mile Road. And there's a love offering. Call 248-588-0290 for further information. And on Sunday, July 13th, the Michigan branch is holding a seminar in the afternoon from 2 to 5 entitled The Earth for Spiritual Secrets Revealed, conducted by Gary Blaze, Dave Caprano, and Chrissy Blaze. Admission is $10. Call 248-588-0290 or see the ad in the July issue of the Body, Mind, Spirit Guide. And I want to remind everyone again to please visit Asterius.org for more details, including events in the U.S., Europe, and other parts of the world. And now back to your host, Christy Blaze, and her guest. Thank you very much, Courtney. Hi there, Brian. 
Hello. In the first part of the show, if people are just tuning in, we talked about um, how we, mankind has really disassociated from the earth. And I'm talking about humanity as a whole and how the problems that this has caused because indigenous cultures would know and even ancient civilizations were far more aware of the right relationship to Mother Earth and to the cosmos. And um, they were very much more aware of her as a living being. And uh, because we've become disassociated through our materialistic society and I think through our sort of mechanistic view of science that's taken place over the last few hundred years, we've had major, major problems, which I think most people are really aware of. And we touched on some of them to do with the oceans and other things. But in this part, I want to um, about something very hopeful with Brian. And I, now, I just want to clarify that Brian was very close to the founder of the society, Dr. George King. He was a close disciple. He still is. Um, and he was at, had access, because of that uh, close relationship he had, to um, many um, of the uh, transmissions or messages received by Dr. King over many years. And there were some that were specifically about the earth. And I wondered if you might, Brian, kindly share with us about um, this relationship with Dr. King and the transmissions, what that means, and is I'm sorry, specifically um, the ones about the Earth and also Operation Sunbeam. That's kind of a lot <laughs> in one go. Yeah. Well, let's see how I can uh, wade through that one. Um, well, first, just to put um, uh, your listeners in the picture, um, I moved out to um, California in 1978. Um, and I joined the, uh, the, the staff, uh, Dr. King's staff uh, for 10 years. And then um, he, he asked if I would become a full-time paid staff uh, member in 1987. And so then for the last 10 years of his life on, on this uh, physical plane, uh, I was pretty much with him 24 hours a day because I would just, um, we would occasionally go to Lake Powell or uh, or Santa Barbara or other places, and, and I would be with him either, either as a driver or, or kind of an administrative assistant or an advisor on you know, different, different capacities along with other people. Um, but I was with him quite a bit um, during those last 10 years especially. And he did have regular communication uh, with beings from uh, around the, the world, around the earth, um, aspects of the uh, spiritual hierarchy of Earth, some call the Great White Brotherhood. Uh, but more often he had uh, dealings with uh, what he would call the adepts, and, and these were beings from other worlds who are around our world, our planet at this time. Um, generally they, they exist in a, in a higher dimension, uh, but they, they can also blink into this dimension uh, when they wish to. But they're here to help mankind in this very difficult uh, period of time. And uh, Dr. King had regular communication uh, with with many of these beings uh, in the 10 years uh, that I was with them, and of course before. But what I wanted to kind of get across is that he very rarely had um, personal or or, or um, conversations or discussions or communications with them, personal level or even up for the Ethereum Society. By and large, the communication was around how best to help the world at this time, how best to help mankind at this time. And those 
these great beings that uh, Dr. King was in communication with, they're here for one reason, and that is to help what's called the cosmic plan for the salvation and enlightenment of mankind. And Dr. King completely devoted and dedicated his life to also helping this cosmic plan. And he founded the Ethereum Society to be a key instrument, a uh, master cog of this um, cosmic plan. And so all the communication, well, certainly 98%, I would say, the communication that Dr. King had was regarding how best either he or the Ethereum Society could help the cosmic masters in this cosmic plan. So that is a backdrop. Um, a, a large percentage of, of those communications were about a mission called Operation Sunbeam. And Operation Sunbeam is a way that Dr. King invented uh, back in the 1960s to give back energy to the Mother Earth. And he devised it in such a way that it was extremely potent. And just stop there for a minute. You know, I think everyone realizes how important it is to show appreciation and to give thanks. Uh, like on a Mother's Day, for example, or we recently had Father's Day, you, know, you want to show thanks, you want to show appreciation to your father. And, of course, there's many ways of doing that. Uh, you can send an email which doesn't take much time and it doesn't you don't put a lot into it. Um, you could um, send a card, you know, so you have to go out and buy a card and you sign it and you send it to your, your father. Uh, or maybe you, you think really long and hard and you try and figure out, well, what kind of music does my, my dad like? You know, and you really think about it and then you go and you, you, you do research and you choose a good CD and you wrap it up very nicely and you mail it out to and your dad gets it and he really likes it and then he plays it and really has a great enjoyment. So there's different levels of appreciation uh, that you can have. And, of course, one level of appreciation for the Mother Earth, uh, which we should all do, is we should, uh, we should give thanks. We should do prayers of thanks to the Mother Earth. And we should um, think about her, her, her David kingdom and, and, her, and her divas. Um, but I think that we can all agree that the, the more thought and the more um, effort that um, is put into thanking the Mother Earth, the more it will mean for the Mother Earth and the more it will mean for us who, who are making this effort. Because let's face it, uh, let's go back to the analogy, the greater the gift that you give your father, don't you feel more, don't you feel great when you really <laughs> nail that gift for your dad? You feel fantastic because you know it's the right thing to do. Um, and so yeah, the, do you agree with that? Oh, absolutely! Yeah, that's a very good analogy there, Brian. I think. And with with the um, with Operation Sunbeam, uh, Dr. King figured out this brilliant way of taking energy that was given to mankind uh, in the cosmic plan. We were given these these nineteen holy mountains, and energy was given specifically for our use, for our evolution and our spiritual development use in these. 19 sealed mountains, so it's not energy that the Mother Earth can't get to. It's not for her, and so it's sealed in these mountains for mankind's use. And so Dr. King figured, hey, why don't we take this energy that's specifically given to mankind, and let's say, you know what, we're going to give this to the Mother Earth, because we really appreciate what she's done. 
And so we figured out a, a technical way of doing this. We, you, you get this energy, you put it into this physical battery, then you take it out over a psychic center of the Mother Earth, and you propel it down into the psychic center of the Mother Earth in, in sacrifice, in, in this loving uh, sacrifice for the Mother Earth. And it, it evolved over the years, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But a, a good number of the, of the conversations and um, transmissions between Dr. King and the Cosmic Masters were about Operation Sunbeam and uh, how to do it and when to do it and where to do it. Well, thanks for explaining that, Brian. And if listeners want to know more about Operation Sunbeam, and I'm sure they will have lots of questions, then uh, please You'll find some information on the website, Aetherius.org. Also, uh, feel free to call up the American headquarters or um, any of the locations near to you around the world which are listed on the website and get information sent or learn about this mission because it really is such a wonderful mission. And I, I think you, uh, you also brought up, uh, Brian, a couple of other subjects that people would be fascinated to learn more about. And one was you mentioned the Holy Mountains, and I wondered if you could explain that. I think everyone's heard of sacred spaces, uh, places, but is this different? Uh, it, it, it's, well, it's, it's the same, and it's different at the, at the same time. Uh, there are, of course, uh, numerous uh, holy mountains or holy spots on Earth. The indigenous people tended to know more about them than um, us thickos who came later. <laughs> Um, but they, they certainly do exist. Uh, but the the holy some some of them are are very powerful places. But it doesn't necessarily mean that it's easy to access energy to then use that energy for an uplifting purpose to help mankind. There are a lot of places that you can go to and you can feel good about mm. being there. Um, but it, it, well, that's one thing. The other thing is you want to be able to um, take energy um, and send it to people that need it. That, that's, that's really the, the, the pivotal point that we're getting to on Earth, is we have to start to realize that how important it is for us to help our brothers in a very potent way. And these 19 mountains were, were given, they were charged, I think it was nine in England, four in America, uh, two in Europe, two in Australia, one in Africa, and one in New Zealand. I think I got that about right. And yeah, these right. are mountains that you, you can go to these mountains, and the energy has been put in in a very specific vibration, a very specific um, frequency that is easy for us, people like us, in our level of evolution, to draw this energy up and send it out to wherever we want to uh, for, for a benefit of others and ourselves. And it, it's, um, it's, it's an it's a extremely potent way of, uh, number one, learning how to manipulate, how to draw, contact, and manipulate energy. And number two, of course, it's a wonderful way of helping the world because you can do tremendous good. We, we were, we've, we've been told that... Because of the, um, the way the energy was put in and the type of energy put in the mountains, uh, a normal person, you or me or any of your listeners, can go to uh, one of these mountains and they can uh, access and manipulate as much energy as only an advanced adept could in uh, centuries in the past. 
Exactly. And the, there's some very good news about this, too, is that uh, especially if you're in California and near the Los Angeles headquarters, that uh, one thing I miss because I lived in uh, Los Angeles for some years is that you have monthly pilgrimages, do you not, Brian, um, to the wonderful mountain, Mount Baldy in the San Bernardino mountain range. And you have those uh, going on throughout the summer, is that correct? Is there one coming up? Or? Uh, there, I think there's, there's, we're missing out June because of um, difficult time, but there, there is one coming up in July and then, of course, August and September. We have three or four more this year. We also do one um, every year, which we've turned into what's called the World Peace Pilgrimage. And this is yes. where we invite um, traditions, uh, all different traditions to come. And we generally have ooh, about 200 people uh, on Mount Baldy at three locations. And these are Muslims, Christians, New Age religions, indigenous religions, um, Buddhists, uh, Hindus, you name it. They all come together and, and we all share the, uh, the stage, as it were. And, and so, say, for 10 or 15 minutes, uh, a different tradition will, will lead the uh, the meditations and the prayer service, and it's it's a it's a great way of a setting out energy and b you know coming together and try mm. you know it's important that we the spiritual communities of today don't make the mistake that was made that has has been made in centuries past where we're competing with each other and we're actually um, uh, you know not not understanding the other spiritual traditions. It's important to um, understand that all the spiritual traditions are trying to help the world as best they can. And rather than focus on the differences uh, mm. between a Buddhist and a Christian and a, and a Muslim and a Hindu, let's focus on the similarities where we all want to um, help each other, we all have compassion for each other in the world, and let's focus on that. And that's what we do at this World Peace Pilgrimage. Yeah, that's a wonderful event. And if you want to know the date of that, you will find it on the website again at www.etherius.org. Uh, also, good news in Michigan and also uh, Canada and actually anywhere around the world you want to fly in, uh, we're having a pilgrimage to Mount Adams uh, in New Hampshire, which is takes a few days to get there from Michigan, but we are, we are going at the end of July. So if anyone's interested, uh, then please call us at the, um, at the branch here, 248-588-0290. Also, if you're in uh, Canada, the cars are leaving from Toronto, so please contact uh, the Toronto group, and you'll find the, the phone number on the website again. And there are a couple of people also flying in from England. And also in, in Europe, they have many, many pilgrimages too throughout the summer, so check out that, because really um, there's nothing... I want to say it's one of the highlights of my life is going on a pilgrimage under the blue dome of heaven and raising your hands and allowing the great power of God to flow through you to the world. I mean, there can be nothing more spiritual, greater than, than that. It's a wonderful experience, isn't it, Brian? It really is. It, well, it's that. It's all that. And it's also, of course, coming together in a sense of brotherhood with, with, with like-minded people that are doing the yeah. same thing. Yeah. You know, and there's, there's no reason why... Um, being on the spiritual path and being of service to the world uh, has to be uh, uh, boring or, or difficult or, or hard. I mean, it, it's, it's important to, to make this, this, this thing that we're all meant to be doing anyway, make it the mm. most joyful, 
fun, interesting, amazing <laughs> aspect of your life, and and it really is. It just it's yes. great coming together with people to do this. It's wonderful. It's good to hear you say that. Joy, fun. We, this is what we want, and it really is. And another thing is, you might think, well, I can't climb a mountain. I don't have the health, but. Uh, for most mountains, we have uh, pilgrimages that are going on at the bottom of the mountain and also um, the charged area of the mountain as well. And, and you certainly do that in, in, at Mount Baldy, do you not, Brian? Well, with Mount Baldy, we actually have um, three three locations. We have one location right up from the ski lift, which pretty much anybody can get to. And then we have another location that's about an uh, another 40-minute walk up. And then, then the charge spot is another hour-and-a-half walk up from the uh, from the place, but you know, we we definitely cater to to whatever your health is. You can either be at the base of the mountain, at which you're still on the mountain, uh, mm-hmm. or up to the charge spot. Uh, or if you're fortunate in England, you can go to some of the some of the mountains there are right yeah. very easy, almost, almost hills. That's right. uh, yeah. So you know, do think about seriously anyone listening, um, going on a pilgrimage because. It's an unforgettable experience, and it's one of the best ways to be giving service in the, these days. And uh, this is what it's all about. So, Brian, thank you so much. I think this might be a good time to have another break because the last part of this is going to be, I think, probably the most important. Uh, we're talking about some of the spiritual secrets that connected to the Earth and so on. Uh, the Earth is a, a spiritual being. So would you agree Brian, to have a break now, do you think? That works for me. Wonderful. So over to Courtney. Thank you. Thank you, guys. You have been, you are listening to Aetherius Radio Live. Aetherius Radio Live is your cosmic connection the third Tuesday of each month at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. You can be at Aetherius.org. And you can also connect with us by visiting the website at www.aetherius.org. You can connect with earlier in the show, and you can also go to AetheriusMI.org, or you can visit Chrissy Blaze's website at ChrissyBlaze.com. And once again, I'm going to direct you back to Aetherius.org. I know they post all of the upcoming events mentioned earlier in the show um, and all kinds of information for upcoming activities, and any questions can be answered there as well. So back to your host, Chrissy, and guest, Brian. Thank you so much, Courtney. Um, hi there, Brian. Hello. I'm back. We're all back. <laughs> We're all back. That's good. Uh, hello, listeners everywhere. Thank you for returning. This part, um, as you know, Brian, we're in this the edge of this new age, the age of Aquarius, uh, whatever you like to call it, and there's a big change, and I think everyone who's aware of this uh, is aware that there's kind of a, a big shift going on and evolution, this kind of chaos on the surface, on the one hand, is, is becoming more chaotic. But on the other hand, people who are more spiritually inclined are saying that they feel things are speeding up. And would you like to comment on that, Brian, and explain why, from your perspective, you think that's happening? Big question. <laughs> that's a big question, yeah. Well, it, it, it's... Um well, you know, there's a lot of debate uh, about when the New Age is going to happen, how it's going to happen. 
Um, and no, nobody, well, no one on earth uh, really knows exactly when, whether it be next year or 150 years or 500 years. Um, but one thing that I think is very apparent, and that is we are certainly in uh, a transition period. Uh, the, there's right. no way that the earth, uh, that the civilization on earth can continue uh, the way it is right now for that much longer. There has to be some changes, um, and you've got a lot of signs uh, coming up. Um, of course, you've you got you know the population, you've got pollution, you've got uh, because you've had these things for a long, long time as well. But one one thing that you haven't had, uh, which is an interesting change, is you haven't had the internet. And mm. you know the internet makes one big change in that it, it, it's a very powerful way of, of getting communication and information to um, places which was not traditionally, didn't have access to good information. And I think that's going to be a, a, big, a big player, because in the past, the governments and, and the people that have, have all the money and the uh, corporations and whatnot, they had more their way, well, maybe not more their way than they do now, but they, they, they've always had their way. But now it's, it's getting more and more... Um, apparent to people what is being done behind the scenes. And it, it's coming out in many different ways, and it's coming out in a way that everybody can see, and it's having uh, effects. I mean, we're told that, uh, what do they call it, the, 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 all this, uh, what do they call it, the, the freedom, the, the spring, the Arab Spring, do they call it, a year or two ago, oh, when uh, Egypt, oh, uh, that, yeah. that, that, that was caused by um, by the internet, it's caused by a, a race of information uh, spread by the internet, and then people picked it up and started, um, you know, doing things uh, in their local location. And I think you're going to see more and more of that uh, with this recent uh, WikiLeaks—not WikiLeaks—with the, with the recent uh, uh, Snowden uh, stuff. That has right. had um, effects, uh, tangible effects, you know, with Google and with, with Apple and with different countries and the way they relate to each other. And I think that's going to happen more and more and more as, as things uh, are, are spilled, uh, the mm -hmm. news will travel fast. And so it could very well be uh, one way of, um, of changing the world. But uh, who knows? But I think the, the biggest key to remember for, for all of your listeners is to not to get too hung up and embroiled in the politics of the information. Right. Sure, stay abreast, etc. But try to remember that your your aspect, uh, your your role is in feeding uh, the mind belt with spiritual energy. That's that's the role of the spiritual worker. And I think all of your listeners, I think they they should be if they aren't already spiritual workers that are flooding. The, uh, the mind belt with love and light and compassion and spiritual energy. And this will help uh, the world put itself right, or shall we say it will help the, the forward-thinking people on earth to have more um, power and influence and inspiration. That's our role. And that, we've been told that that is the key role uh, in the coming days, mm -hmm. is, is that spiritual energy that we, that we send out. Yes, and actually, Dr. King, as you know, Brian, talked about the biggest energy crisis being the spiritual energy crisis, the lack of love, if you Absolutely. like. Absolutely. 
there is enough to go around, but there isn't the will. There's not the consciousness of sharing and cooperation that you referred to earlier as being such an important uh, thing for us to do. Um, and so we, all of us listening who are more aware, can help in that, as Brian said, through our prayers, through our healing, through our consciousness, changing consciousness. And I must say, Brian, I've got to read something, if you don't mind, before I'm going to ask another leading question, because I just saw it today, and it's like one of those things you have to read. And this, you know, you remember, Brian, how, you know, the world changed when the the astronauts first went out into space, because they saw Mm -hmm. the Earth from space, and they had these deep feelings which they expressed. And they, in other words, their, con- their perception shifted. And this is what we all need to do. And there's something I read recently from an astronaut, and he was giving a talk, I think, uh, you know, about maybe 20 years ago, and it was Scott Carpenter, who was a Mercury 7 astronaut. And he said, and I'll just read one sentence, that clearly he said the highest loyalty we should have is not to our own country or our own religion or our hometown or even to ourselves, it should be to number two, the family of man, and number one, the planet. Hmm. This is our home. I thought that was quite a yeah, fantastic yeah, quote, actually. That's because a great it's, um, quote. It's a great quote. It kind of gave me the shivers. I thought, I've got to read that in the show today. And it kind of leads me yeah. on, Brian, to I wondered if you might talk a little bit more about the sacredness of Earth and her as a living goddess and and her logos and her initiation if you wish to um, well yeah th- thank you that. that that's 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 the one the mother earth is is the reason why um things are changing on earth so quickly um you know mankind tends to be very selfish uh very egocentric and so we we kind of throughout the centuries we kind of thought that we're it you know we're the we're the only thing that's happening in the universe kind of a thing and so anything that changes or anything happens is all about us that's kind of what we we've, we've been taught but it's not that at all um in fact you know the mother earth has put up with just a tremendous amount of difficulty and she's really held herself back um for mankind for for centuries upon centuries upon centuries and there are laws in the universe. Um, that's another story. But uh, you know, one of the great laws, or the great law, is karma, and uh, and that is this great pressure towards conformity, and this great pressure towards evolution, this great pressure moving everything back to oneness with with the absolute, and this great um, that there's beings that are that are in, uh, in charge of making sure that the law uh, works out. And they, they've decided that the Mother Earth has held herself back for too long now, and she cannot, she will not be allowed to hold herself back any longer. And she has to move forward and accept her initiations and accept her, her moves forward in evolution. Uh, and so they've, 50 years ago this year, on July the 8th, they gave her um, the energy to manifest this, this great... Um, change this great uh change in her vibration uh but even still she's holding that energy within her uh, only letting it out in a very very slow manner so as not to upset uh mankind uh still and but it is starting to come out and and this slow release of her energy is going to um cause uh, a great change in man because 
eventually mankind will have to evolve pretty quickly. Uh, some, I, mean, I personally now feel a few hundred years, but to change in a way that we, can, we as a race can withstand the absence of the ionosphere um, is a significant change in our physical structure. And I personally think that the only way this is going to come about is through the, the harnessing of that great power called Kundalini. And that can only take place through spiritual growth and spiritual development. And so this, this whole thing is moving towards uh, a quickening of the um, evolution, of the spiritual evolution of mankind, so we can get as a race to a point where the Mother Earth will be able to um, unleash her, her, her powers and take down the ionosphere to, to bathe herself in the great cosmic uh, energy from the uh, galaxy. Uh, and we have to be at a high enough level of evolution that we won't get fried by this, this higher form of, of vibration. And all of this is causing um, what we see in the news. This is this quickening, this, this heightening of vibration, this um, great polarization of those that want to change and those, those that don't want to change. This great spiritual battle that we are now in the midst of. And to go back to what I said earlier, the key is for us to do our part in relieving what Dr. King tells us is the most important thing, the uh, spiritual energy crisis. That's our key role in this huge, massive, important change that's taking place on Earth today. And that's uh, one of the main, well, it is the main priority of the Asteria Society. And you met listeners around the world may be thinking, but, you know, they may be part of the Aetherius Society, but they may not be. So they may be thinking, Brian, what can I do? You know, do I just sort of stand by and wait for this to happen? Um, and you did refer earlier to, to prayer and spiritual energy, but can you sort of perhaps give people some specific path that they could take at this time to really, you know, help in this change? Uh, well, I can certainly, um, certainly answer that. <clears throat> um, Wherever you are, I mean, the, the fact that you're listening to this radio program shows that you are <clears throat> aware of the, the needs of um, the world and the change taking place in a spiritual way. That's the first point, and, and, and your listeners have already got that point. <clears throat> the next right. step is to do, really, you, need, you want to do three things uh, every day or every week. Three things. You want to try and uh, develop yourself spiritually. You want, mm-hmm. to, um, you want to learn and read or, or understand about truth, spiritual, spiritual truth, and you want to combine those two to give some form of service to human, humanity. You want to do those, those three things every day, preferably certainly every week. And, and what that will do is the more um, that you read and understand, could be the Bhagavad Gita, could be the Bible, could be the Aetherian Society teachings, could be any of a, a thousand different spiritual teachings. But the more you understand that, the more you'll start to align your mind with the great truth that's out there, the great spiritual truth that's out there. And then add that to trying to do spiritual practices to you know, raise your Kundalini, open your psychic centers, open your awareness, um, allow more of your higher self to come in that will inspire you to do better things, do good things, help people more, and be able to help people more. 
And also, hopefully, you'll be able to find a spiritual organization. If it's not the Ethereum Society, there's many, many other great organizations. But you're going to be much more effective if you're part of an organization. Uh, and then, of course, the third part is to give service. That could be spiritual healing, could be prayer, uh, could be just helping your next-door neighbor. You know, you, you, you want to give service um, every day or every week at the very minimum uh, on a regular basis. And if you can come together with other people in, in a prayer circle or, or a spiritual healing get-together or a, um, a pilgrimage, then that's even more powerful. And I guess that's the, the short answer. I think that's very helpful. Thank you so much, Brian. I think because people are so busy with their lives, and everybody is, you know, we, there's so much to do, as you said at the beginning of the show, we can easily get distracted. But having that sort of three-part approach, I think is so I wondered if you might just, just go over it one more time so that people have really got it, those three things, the three-pronged approach, the triangle. Yeah, think, the, yeah I think it was the, a triangle. Um, the, the two <laughs> bottom points, you had knowledge, um, spiritual practice, and then the pinnacle, the top, is service, spiritual service. So it's knowledge, it at, practice, service. And another thing is, Brian, do you think it's um, important for people to – uh, what do you think is the, the important way to approach this on a, a regular basis or to go away on a retreat and do it for you know, like a week at a time? Or what well, I, you know, I would do it both. Uh, you know, let's face it, probably most of, most of our lives we, we can't get away that much. Um, but so you want to try and do it um, on a daily or weekly basis. I mean, what, what, what they teach um, in uh, the outside kind of materialistic world is to, uh, you know, have a a weekly think, so kind of mm. recap your week and look at what you did, what you accomplished, and what you want to do next week, and do that spiritually as well. You know, what, what, have you, what have you accomplished this last week? What do you want to accomplish the next week? Were you good on your practices but not so good on spiritual reading? Were you good on, on uh, healing but not so good on, on reading? You know, kind of figure out what you did and then try and reassess the next week. So you do it on a weekly basis. Also, what, it can be helpful to attune yourself with the moon. So every new moon, um, kind of look at the past month and see what you've done and try and make plans for the next month. Uh, and if you can get away uh, for two or three days, um, into nature especially, then you can, you can really make some progress in deciding the direction for your life uh, when you're with nature. Thank you so much, Brian. Um, it's also by doing that sort of recap on a regular basis, I think that's a great idea because it helps us to become more conscious, to kind of know ourselves better too, doesn't it? Which Absolutely. is so essential. And not, to, not a case because we didn't do our practices to beat ourselves up, but to say, well, we did this well, and next time we're going to do that better. You know, it's have this kind of oh, aggressive approach. You, you don't want to beat yourself up. <laughs> I mean, you know, life, life is hard. You real, we have to realize life is tough. Life is tough. You know, and you know one of the things that uh, in our teachings we're taught: be kind to yourself. You know, mm. you you want to be firm. You, you know, you don't want to be sloppy and loose, etc. But understand that you know there are difficulties. You know, be kind to yourself. Just kind of keep up that pressure, but keep it up with joy and with love and with compassion. And you know, not, it's not about suffering. You know, it's about mm. it's about joy and love and compassion helping. That's what it's about. And you definitely don't beat yourself up. 
Yes, I know. I think that's a very good point, Brian, because often when doctors really make progress spiritually, then they can have difficulties in their everyday lives. But keep <laughs> yeah. going through those and, you know, the bright new dawn will come. But it's because things are speeding up when that happens. Would you agree? I mean, well, that's another very good point you bring up. You know, you, you do get difficulties and, and people will often say, well, it's difficult. Therefore, I must be doing something wrong. But that's not mm. the case. You know, you're going through your karma quicker, and so you're going to get your challenges quicker. But, you know, every problem that you have is a wonderful blessing. That's, that's, that's how you learn. That's how you mm. grow. You, w- without trouble and difficulty, you wouldn't grow. And so every, every difficulty you get, you know, part of you, <laughs> don't, don't be stupid about it, part of you should say, that's great. How can I use this to, to learn and to grow and to get better? It's, it's not easy to do that, but it, it's so important. I mean, everyone's got trouble and problems, you know, but, you know, might as well just accept it and, and do the best you can with it and kind of part of you, part of you, be thankful for it. I think that's a very good lesson, and I think it also helps us to, when we look at our problems and we put it in perspective with problems of other people around the world, we'll find that there's other That's people right. with far bigger problems than us. And then I think it gets us in this mode of kind of oneness, of realization that whatever we're going through, someone else is going through more. And, and then it kind of brings us together as well, which is essential and the point that you brought up earlier in the show. And Brian, we're coming to the close of this show, which is a shame, but um, if, you have, if any listeners have any questions, please don't hesitate to call one of the centers near you, uh, to email us, to visit the website. And also, Brian, I'm putting you on the spot here, but do you have any uh, closing words for people in this show? Boy, well, I, I would say you know, the, the, the biggest thing is just to realize that you are a spark of God uh, traveling back to oneness. And it's a wonderful, wonderful journey. And I think one of the great statements by the Master Jesus was, um, may your journey to your karma be a wonderful one. Mm. And what, what can be a nicer closing than that? Um, thank you so much. That is really a wonderful close. And over to Courtney now for the closing announcements. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. <laughs> of course, thank you anytime. So much. <laughs> thank you so much to you both. It was very a wonderful show today. You have been listening live to a Sirius Radio Live. Sirius Radio Live is your cosmic connection with the each month. Um, you can connect with the Aetherius Society at www.aetherius.org for any upcoming events. You can connect with Chrissy Blaze by visiting her website at chrissyblaze.com. We want to thank you all for joining us today. Um, Chrissy, do you happen to know the topic of next month's show? It will be a continuation of the, the nine freedoms, actually. and I'll, I'll send you the details, but um, Richard, Lawrence, and myself will continue with the next freedom. Okay, well, we look forward to that. And like I said, I want to thank everyone for joining us today, and you have a wonderful day. Thank you so much, Courtney, and thank you, everybody, for listening to this show and for participating in the wonderful way that you do. Please join us next month, and a special thanks to uh, Brian Kniep for joining us today. It really was a fantastic show. Thank you. It was a real pleasure to be here. Thank you all.